Perspective listeners and viewers. This is Perspectives with Lisette. I took you by surprise. What happened? You did. I, I was like, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think I was going to do that one, but I was like, her name is listed first. It's, it's Lisette. <laughs> Lisette and I am Martina. So welcome uh, everyone back to our podcast or if you're listening to us on Spotify or iTunes, watching us on YouTube or doing a combination of those things. Uh, We're just back today to have, you know, a little chat, a little chit chat. You know, we like to stay up on some current events that are happening, you know, especially those current events that are very pertinent to what we like to represent on our channel. And so we were really thinking hard about this, what we wanted to talk about, because there's so much. Uh, happening in the world. There's a lot of shit happening in here. <laughs> and we don't know if you all have heard about it, but it's been all over, at least it's been all over TikTok. I don't know if it's on Instagram. I think it's finding its way to like mainstream media or it's found its way now. Okay. Uh, and that is, or if you're wondering, quiet quitting. Okay. A quiet quit, Qu- quitting. I'm from the South, okay? I say quit, and that's just, we leave off a few letters, okay? Uh, let's say you want to tell them what it's about. Yeah. You, you. So it is, you know, let me pull up. What She's going to pull up the officialness. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it really, I think, it depends, I think, who you ask what quiet quitting is. Um, yeah. You know, I think some of the things that I've heard people say is, you know, it's it's bad you know, for someone to quiet quit. Um, And what it really means, and I think the essence of what quiet quitting is, is people doing their job, what they were hired on to do, um, and not taking on more than what their really job description or expectations are. Um, And I think there's a little bit of uh, truth into wanting to do that. It's, It's more of like, you're setting boundaries, right? You were hired on to do this. um, And this is what you're going to do, you know, without feeling the need to take on more or do more outside of it. I've heard people say, you know, my paycheck says no, you know, like, you know, your lifestyle might say no too. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, but you're paying me to to do a certain job, you know, if you want me to take on more work, then there should be, you know, compensation for that extra work. Uh, Because most of the times the extra work isn't just temporary, right? Like it isn't, oh no, it's something that just stays on because once you start it, it's it's very hard for it to leave your plate. Like if you're good at it, they don't want you to, they they don't be like, oh, well, you're so good at it you know yeah so there's that's sort of uh what I've read and what it is but I mean there are some people who are like no it's so bad like you should strive to do more because in order to get promoted you have to do x y and z and you have to do extra and you always you should say yes and seek those things but I don't know I kind of agree with with the whole concept of you know what, I will do what you hired me on to do. Um, And if you want me to take on more responsibility, um, then we can talk about what compensation comes with taking on those extra responsibilities. It's one thing to help 
you know, once in a while and kind mm-hmm. of just be like, oh, I'm gonna take it for a little bit. But when it just stays part of your your job and that is not something you're being compensated for, I think as employees, we have a right to say, hey, that's gonna be a no for me. Uh on that if, if this is something you want me to just take on um and I never I have never understood why we need to take on more or say yes to more uh responsibilities in order to uh get more money it should just be hey if I'm doing a good job if I'm doing things you should compensate me for doing the work and, you know, once in a while, if I've done more than it's expected, I'll go, but it's not going above. You should not have to go above and beyond all the time. Mm-mm. And I think that's what quiet quit. To me, that's what quiet quitting is like. I'm no longer going above and beyond every time. I get to dictate when I want to and when it works, when it benefits me, mm-hmm. not only when it benefits my employer. But yeah, well, that's my thoughts on it. How about you, Martina? Well, other than I don't like the name "quiet quitting" because yeah. we need a we need a new name for that. But that's all we got right now. But the thing is, I, you know, I think the whole thing about just people or companies not being satisfied with people just doing their work. I just wonder where did that line first get drawn or not drawn? Because obviously boundaries are crossed at that point. But it's also a mixture of people feeling pressured or the the employee may feel pressured. I think more so women sometimes too, or people of color may feel more pressure to do things uh, because, you know, for a lot of us of people of color, we've always been told that we got to go above and beyond because of how we look and who we are. So that's just something I think that's in, uh, innate to most of us anyway, because we just growing up knew that. Like that was something that we were yeah. told and preached to about. But in corporate America and in the workforce, it's always, you know, here in this country, I think it's, it kind of, to me, relates to that old, that, that old saying about, like, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps type of shit, yeah. which I don't believe in, that that does not work for everybody. And to me, it kind of correlates along those lines, just like, well, if you want to live a certain way and make a certain income, you got to, you know, bend your brain bend your back and whatever to get it done. And I'm like, but why? Why is that? Why, what yeah. is wrong with doing what, what's in your job description? And the thing is, even if you never did more than that, even if you did, like I said, every now and then we may go above and beyond, above and beyond. But what's wrong with just doing what's in your job description? Yeah. When did it become bad? You that know, like, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just like, and the and the stigma that comes with, not, yeah, like you called lazy or yeah. you don't want to do anything, you don't want to contribute, and like that's not the point. Look, now I don't mind being part of. Well, I do mind being a part of a team because I actually really hate teamwork, um, and I think that says I am a, I am an introvert and I work better alone. But again, that's one of those things in in society where we're forced to work together. Um, so in that instance. I can pull my own weight in a team, but I just think this whole idea of people being looked over for promotions or considerations because they haven't gone above and beyond or they 
they didn't want to help this colleague or they didn't want to take on this new task. But then it's like all the people that do get those promotions, is that what you're basing it on? Like you're basing it on that they are yeah. making their baking, I said baking, I can't talk today, breaking their back for a company who probably don't give two shits about you. Because as soon as you die, they're going to bring somebody else in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting because during my career, I've seen people who have gone above and beyond, have taken on mm-hmm. extra projects, have, you know, supported other teams, have done, you know, special projects and all these things. And they get passed on for promotions. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, and, they, and they've, and they've, you know, gotten all all sorts of skill sets all sorts of you know things that you know they're supposed that's supposed to get you to that next level but that opportunity doesn't come because to me it always seemed like well because they know that they can count on this person to do anything and everything and pay them the same salary that they've been paying them so why would I promote you pay you more when you've already done everything Mm mm-hmm that, that we've asked and have taken every opportunity. So we don't need to promote you. We don't need to give you more money in order to, to motivate you or, or whatnot. And that's such a bad, I think, presidents to kind of have because it's like now you have that so, sort of expectation that everybody else should be the same way. But then you promote or you- uh, hire, you- hire outside the company. Yeah. And you're, and then that the people that are showing you loyalty or the people that are really love the work or the organization or the company they're in, you know, then you get jaded people. You get people who are just don't, who then completely disengage. They're not quite quitting. They're just, I'm done with. They're done. And they just waiting for an out, whatever that out is. So I think when this sort of setting boundaries early on, it's really just protecting your your time, your mental health, your well-being, your happiness. Uh, this is what I think this quiet quitting uh, until we get a better uh, name for this <laughs> um, or just, you know, setting boundaries and, and really separating your identity from work and your personal life and not sort of saying, you know, there's people that say, well, you can never separate work and your personal life. They're always together or, or things and there's others you, you should have. And I was like, you know, your work doesn't define who you are. Right. And it never should. And I think that's what's happening. Like, it's not defining who I am. It's not defining my my priorities, my values, my anything. Work is work. It's called work. It's not called fun times, right? Like, I don't go to work for fun. T- I mean, fun can happen. Yeah. Time to time. But, but that. that's not the main purpose why all most of us are working most of us are working for a paycheck because we need to pay bills yeah we have debts we got you know things and we want to enjoy our free time so when i think about quiet quitting it's more about i'm prioritizing what makes me happy and what's really important to me and work is is this it's separate thing you know, and it's it's interesting to kind of, I'd be curious to see what the difference between like, is there a difference between what corporate America uh, is thinking and talking about when it comes to quiet quitting versus the nonprofit 
uh, side of America of what this quiet quitting is because with nonprofit, a lot of the times you're hit with, it's for the mission, you want to help, you want to do this for, you know, whatever population you're helping and you want to, so there's a whole other level of, you know, you should really care about the mission of whatever organization you're working with and what's happening. And that's how they get you, right? Like, hey, do this because you want to help further the impact that we're, we're having. Between nine to five. Or whatever, yeah, or whatever it is. And it's and then some people look at you, you know, a certain type of way. If you do say, I, you know, whatever my times are, this is when I'm available. And anything outside of that, you know, we could talk about it, you know, and and figure things out. But here's my time um, from it. But I mean, I think there's a whole other conversation about people who are hourly in salary you know, yeah. and, and, and how do you make those, how do you set those boundaries as someone who's salary? Because you can't say, hey, I can only work 40 hours and that's mm-hmm. it. Unless you're going to pay me overtime. But when you're salary, your salary, like whether you do five hours of work, whether you do or 10, 20, right. or, or 60, it's all the same. <laughs> it's all the same. So I think, you know, this quiet quitting is I think maybe more salary individuals being like, huh, I need to pull back <laughs> because y'all are taking a lot of my time uh, and I'm not seeing anything in return and I want to enjoy my life and not make this my identity. I don't know, there's, there's, there's a lot here. Um, and I, I hadn't thought about it from a salary versus like hourly employee. So I do think that is a good point. And I think a lot of people think with, with being salary, salaried, there's a lot of benefits that come with that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think at the same time, it is, you know, you know, if you think of some of the typical workforces, people are working more than 40 hours. I think mm-hmm. nonprofit, you know, that's probably one, but you look at lawyers. Yeah. There's nurses you know yeah. they are those are people who are going above and beyond and I know I, I know you know one of the things since I'm now in for-profit is that you got to be billable like you gotta you know um if you're not working they really don't want you charging that time like if you are if, if you worked five hours out of eight you need to put that on your timesheet. now you still gonna get paid for that 40 hours once you get that paycheck but that does not look good. They like, why are you not working a full eight hours? Like, that's a problem. You need more work. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I, I can kind of see an instance where, okay, if someone doesn't have enough to do, then yeah, maybe they should. They need to, you know, try to feel, figure out where they can contribute more. But then I'm also one at the same time. I've just kind of adopted this philosophy for myself, I think starting at my last position, where I would just keep track of all my work. The start date, possible end dates, who's all on my team, what's my percentage of time. And I think I was pretty good at trying to manage that because there were moments, of course, I had a little bit over, a little bit less, and some just right. But I was really a stickler stickler about, I'm not taking on too much. You're not going to drive me crazy. Because, yes, I get paid for this, but I don't get paid that much. But even if you are getting paid that much, why is that the expectation? that you can just keep on piling work, piling work on somebody. 
or people feel the need to just keep piling work on. When is enough is enough? You know, it's like, if you have just the amount on your table or on your plate, that should be fine. Yeah. Like, if you, you know, if you have more, why do you have more? Why do you feel the yeah. need to have more? And I know I've talked about this with you, like offline of this sort of idea of a 40 hour work week or 37 and a half, whatever. 7.5, that's it, yeah. Um, why? Like it just, to me, it's so just strange to have this, like these are how many hours a person uh, needs to work in order for it to be meaningful. Mm-hmm. In order for it to be enough. In order, in order, like it just makes zero sense because if you hired me on to do, to, these are my goals, right? These is what I'm focused on. This is what I need to do at the end of the year. This is what I need to be. Mm-hmm. But how I get there and how much time it takes me to get there shouldn't really matter because you're still going to pay me to make sure that these things cross the finish line, right? I'll and and it's so it's it's just very to me it's just a. I don't know, very interesting, like time, like work time is such an interesting concept. Um, obviously I got to work within what we have because there's nothing mm-hmm. else out there, but even a five-day work week, this whole idea of just, you, you know, Monday to Friday is what you should be doing. Why can't it just be Monday to Thursday? Like who decided they, we only deserve two days of like me time. <laughs> of and, you know- and that's that is a good point there because I I think I'm probably gonna be real wrong. It's either Woodrow Wilson's whack ass or Eisenhower. One of them came up with like the five day work week, the eight hour. They did something. People listening, if you know, if you are uh, a checker, let us know because I would be interested because I'm not gonna go look this up afterwards. So you know, please like let us know. Um, so I think it is interesting that like, again, I think it comes back to this, it's this grind culture, this hustle culture, which, you know, for, for a while was like a thing. People like all over Instagram talking about I'm on my hustle and this and that. And like, I get it, you know, cause this for us is a passion of ours. And yeah. this is something that we want to see succeed. And so mm-hmm. people have their own businesses or their own, uh, yeah you know, if they're entrepreneurs, that is obviously something that you're passionate about and you want to put a lot into that. So I think it is a little bit different, but at the same time, it, to me, it just goes back to what all this grind and this hustle. And then we got two days out of a seven day week that we supposedly have off. And the thing is, you know, a weekend when you think about it, don't get me wrong. I'm happy to have my little weekend, but it's kind of depressing. Because okay, it's never enough. Every time a Monday it's, comes through, it's never enough. And it's like we are filming this on a Thursday, so yeah. tomorrow's Friday. Yeah. And you know, by the time you get to Friday, and you know, again, I'm an introvert. I may not always have something going on on Friday. I might just be home watching Netflix. Um, but there are times when I do, and you do too. And the thing is, you've you've worked all week. So now you're trying to go maybe entertain or go out Friday after work. Yeah. Okay, then Saturday really is the only day to me that could be considered a weekend because yeah. Sunday Especially you're mentally preparing. You're mentally yeah, like Sunday you're mentally stressed out about having to go to work on Monday, and you know we got the Sunday fun day, but but for real, 
Most of us got to get up and go to work on Monday. So it can be Sunday, fun day all day. But it's literally like when I wake up on Sunday, I get sad. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm happy. I'm happy to wake up and see another day. But I, I'm, I'm sad because I know like, well, shit, I got to go back to work tomorrow. So and, and the thing is, you know, that's what a lot of other countries have beef with America. I mean, that's just one instance. There's a lot of countries that have beef with us about a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But that is something that European countries uh, and even other countries that are not necessarily European, they don't quite understand. Like, why do you work yourself to the bone in the United States? Like, and the thing yeah. is, you know, and it's not about like not doing your work. It's like, you can be doing your work, but it's still like this kind of grind, this hustle. Never enough. It's never enough. Like, why is that? And so, you know, so many other countries, they don't, they don't quite understand why Americans are just, you just work yourself to death and you have nothing to show for it. And even if you do have something to show for it, what does that mean? Because on your headstone, when you die, nobody's going to put anything about you being a great nurse or, you know, a great CEO. Like they may have, oh, you know, you were great at your job, but do I really want people to remember me for how great I was at my job? Yeah. You know, like, that's not what I want folks to remember me for. And the thing is, that's all we work for here in America with this fucking two-day weekend. I'm yeah. with France or someplace in Europe where they have, like, a three- or four-day weekend. So I'm with you. That's all. And I'm going to sip my lip for it. No, I think you made me think about, and I'm not an expert. I'm not in any way history expert and know anything about mm -hmm. All of that but I think about the the foundation of the workforce in America and slavery and how that really kind of defined uh sort of the workforce of America I mean that's what it was like that's the hit we kind of look at that and I wonder now the sort of whether it's ramifications, whether it's what's lingered from what America kind of was starting and building up and doing these things and, and the way that, you know, slaves were treated, the way slaves were kind of mm -hmm. things. And I think that history that we have of that, you know, what was considered a workforce, which is terrible to even say and think, but that's what America workforce was the big workforce and sort of what and that sort of you know like hey this is who we deem is going to be building America is going to do this and you know and the companies that flourished from that and that you know came from all that and things like that and and those that became eventually the one percent of America and the ties that it has to that um I wonder if there's just that sort of because of that history how has it impacted how we see the workplace now and like the workforce mostly of you know and the you know the fake promises of you know you can if you just do your work if you just work hard you might reach freedom or you might have this and these sort of things because a lot of the times that's what workplaces do. They just promise you things and they promise you that if you do it, it doesn't happen. But that is the history of America when it comes to any kind of labor force, anything. It's just these false promises of what could be 
and treating you like nothing because there's still companies to the day who treat their employees as if they're they're nothing as if they you know are just there to help you make more money and you don't give them breaks you don't care for me i mean during the pandemic you know you essential workers were essential but nothing really improved for them you know and things like that so I'd be curious to kind of see I mean I'm sure someone has studied I'm sure there's somewhere out there uh whether it's a paper or a book that kind of just connects the dots of you know you know slave you know slaves as labor and what that really means for America today and what that kind of yeah I think it's, it's, I think slavery was a start, but I think it's anyone that's considered less than. That yeah, would, exactly. Like, yeah, history, there has history, to be. you look at, I mean, mm-hmm. even using chain gangs, like that was a thing. Like they, I mean, even now prisoners, you yeah. still see prisoners, I, at least I know in Mississippi, in my town, when I went home back in May, there were prisoners cleaning up trash, you know, like, is that really what they supposed to be doing? Like, is that of rehabilitation like they I mean children used to work in factories I mean just if you read Upton Sinclair the jungle which took place here in Chicago you learn about back of the yards and all of the horrible conditions that were going on so it's always been something fucked up with the workforce and I do think a lot of the things that are considered undesirable fall into those categories of people who are considered undesirable people and again I think kind of coming into COVID how, yes, you know, we learn who's essential and wasn't essential. But like you said, do things really change? Ain't nothing really changed. I think really with, at least in terms of the essential workers. And that is really unfortunate because as much as, you know, last year we had the whole great resignation. This year it's it's the great restructuring. So the whole thing with this great resignation, of course, we all know the jobs that nobody wanted. Yeah. Um, which, which again, these are the jobs because if all of us are feeling the impact of this from the supply chains to if you go into doctor's appointments, you go into a grocery store, we are all feeling the impact of not having people who used to work in these positions. They're not there. And this is still going on. I don't know how long this is going to continue because, I mean, we're still in a pandemic. Yeah. Even though people act like we're post. It's not post. It's still we're here. Not, we're not post here. Um, but I, I do think that is a really good point. It just, it makes me think about, I would say not in a way, not that people shouldn't work or have jobs, uh-uh. but sometimes I think, what's the meaning of all that really? Because like you said, when you look at where, again, I don't know how outside you know, of slavery, how the workforce started. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know that history. So it would be interesting if someone does know that or have a recommendation or something to read, to know. Um, But it does seem like it was always the lower workers or the one that's considered undesirable or doing the real grunt work and the people who are making um, all the money are at the top, which is, that's still the way today. And it's also capitalism. It's also- White um, supremacy. What'd you say? White supremacy. So I said, all this is, you know, capitalism, white supremacy, the patriarchy, and it's like, you know, people say, oh, well, we, you know, strip away those things. But you strip away those things, we still got to figure out what's going to replace it. You know, yeah. like we take away capitalism, then, you know, we got to figure out what's going to replace that or what is currency going to look like in this mm-hmm. country. Um, so, if, you know, 
it's not so easy to just strip these things away because they're so ingrained. Yeah. They're literally, and they, you know, that's what we spend all the time talking about on our podcast is how these three things are just so ingrained in our society that a lot of times people don't feel, well, shit, what are we going to do? It's always been that way. We can't change it. And it can't feel bo- like bogged down because it is. These are like really tough issues. And I think the workforce in many ways is just, it just, you know, kind of another one of those issues that are just as tough. And, you know, when I think of this country, you always hear that this country is, was, was built by and on the other. It's all the other ones yeah. who built up this country. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, people sitting in their billion dollar homes. I don't know if anyone has a billion dollar home, but you know what I'm saying? Um, sitting in their nice, fancy houses. You know, yeah. and this is another issue, but this made t- too much of a tangent with, between self-made and like not self-made. Yeah. Because people who self-made like to think that, oh, well, I, you know, I came from this and that. But sometimes you forget where you come from, but that's a side note. <laughs> that be a whole other episode. That's a whole different episode. No, yeah. I think it, it's such, uh, as you were talking and I was thinking about you know, my own experience as someone that is um, seeking to move, to move up, right, and, and seeking mm-hmm. to, you know, continue in, in this, you know, professional development and, and journey and getting to those, you know, higher levels uh, at, at a workplace. Um, and the amount of times I've heard of, you know, people tell me, well, you know, you should, you know, say yes to this opportunity you should do this this will give you you know and all these all these things and and then when you do them you're so tired and you're drained and you're just like what why am i doing this for maybe a promotion for maybe more money it's all these maybes uh, because a lot of times there isn't a path forward for for individuals um and obviously this is you know an office setting you know nonprofit it's like how how do you expect us to stay motivated uh and and not quite quit <laughs> um if you don't hold up your end of the bargain pizza parties <laughs> like exactly how how many pizza parties how many you know hey we'll you know close the office on a you know half day you kind of thing like how many of those can someone really uh enjoy or expect they're 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 nice in the beginning right you're like oh cool you know Mm -hmm. i mean pizza party i'll always say you love i mean i love pizza too but you got me you love pizza (laughs) You know, a pizza party. You can always have a pizza party, but I still want the follow through. Yes, yes. <laughs> but like I mentioned earlier, just the the stigma of saying no. But I think also when I think about it as uh, as a Mexican woman, mm-hmm. the the stigma of saying no to opportunities and what it could mean to other you know Mexican women or other Latinas or just other women of color that mm-hmm. you know are either in my same level or coming behind me or you know even above like can we really say no can we as women of color or just you know people of color really say no 
without there being this sort of ramification for a lot of other people. In, and I think that's something that I sometimes struggle with and I've always struggled because as, especially more during you know my adult years of understanding how the world operates and white supremacy and capitalism and the patriarchy and how all that has impacted my journey and getting to where I need to be. And then you throw in introverted, like, like nobody wants to, you know, take that into consideration. So there's all these kind of, you know, things that, that come in and, you know, I've had people tell me, you can say no to these, to this opportunity uh, or say no to these opportunities. And sometimes I sit there and say, can I really say no? As much as I maybe want to say no, but can I? And I should say no, because mm-hmm. there's nothing that comes with it. It's just a whole other responsibility to take on and do. Um, so I, I definitely respect the individuals and the people who are saying, you know what, enough is enough. This capitalistic white supremacist patriarchal society has taken enough from me and I'm going to do what you hired me to do. Exactly. And if you have an issue with that, that's a you problem. I mean, this is my job description. This is what you told me I was going to be working on and what I have to do. Um, and it should it should be enough. Yeah. You, know, you shouldn't have to, again, like, I don't understand. And I don't know if we'll ever really have the time to come up with a, an answer. But how can you not promote someone? who has been doing their job, who has been giving their all to what they're supposed to do, have shown that they have the, the capacity and the, and the skills and the capabilities to do, to do more, but you won't give the chance because they haven't done more, you know, have, ta- have not taken on more mm-hmm. because they, they shouldn't have to. Because if you see the potential shouldn't you give that person a chance and if they didn't and if they don't perform or can't is it the person's fault or is it the supervisor who didn't who hasn't really helped that person invested in them yeah. invested in them and provided and guided them and train and helped train them and say like hey here's like where is that because i think that's a, that's i mean i think again that's a whole other maybe conversation of supervisors the training that supervisors get versus what they don't get uh people they get into supervisor roles that have no experience being supervisors um and what that looks like but i don't know i feel that doing your work doing your job you know being a rock star at what you do and and having the potential to do more and to give more should be enough for that next that but it isn't in today's society or at least in our workplaces and things like that right now it's not you are encouraged to take on more without getting paid in order to see if you have the skill set <laughs> it, like, it makes no sense I mean, that's not funny but i'm laughing because it's so it's just so true like yeah because those people they don't want to, they just, they just don't want to believe in you. And the thing is, is there's so much give and take when you work, but I feel companies take more than they give. 
And obviously the employees give more. And it's just, like you said, even if you're doing all these things and going above and beyond, you could be looked over. They could promote that person. They could hire someone else. And the thing is, you know, if you go to your supervisor or higher up and mention that, you know, you might get something along the lines. Well, you know, this is not, you know, the position for you or this is not the right moment, but keep doing what you're doing. Well, if somebody keep doing what, keep doing what they're doing and they've been doing more. So you're saying keep, keep working and breaking my back. And one day, maybe I'll be recognized and given um, a promotion or a title change, whatever you're looking to get. Well, I don't know. But it's just, to me, Again, there's so many deeply rooted issues with the yeah. workforce. You know, we, I mean, we haven't even like talked, I mean, maybe, maybe we did talk in like another episode about like salaries, like the whole thing about a little bit of, you know, about just being, being open about how much a person's salary is. Why is that such a hidden thing? And it's so taboo. It really is so taboo. And like it shouldn't be. People are scared to share what they made. People are really so, it's like a thing. And like, I think only recently some companies are starting to list the salary or like the yeah. salary range. And, you know, they love to ask you, well, what are you expecting? And it's so sad. We have to like, us who are trying to get that salary, we have to watch all these videos and yes. read all these books to try to figure out how to negotiate for your yep. salary. I'm like, you're just trying to get the money that you need to live and survive. And yeah. I don't know, that's like, there's just so much. There's just, there's so, I mean, there's just so much we can talk about this. And I'm, I mean, yeah. I think um, in the future, I think having maybe some workforce development or even just worker rights individuals to come talk to us about you know what's really happening out in in these workplaces and what's what's really needed to really make a change because there's just you know I mean the whole idea of people I mean even minimum wage to move it up to fifteen dollars the the backlash that 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 like why is that such a fucking issue like and I'm like well if minimum wage is fifteen that should mean that then your salary and everybody else's this should be moved up you should and that's and that's what people bitching about oh my gosh and i'm like we, everyone can win but again, we're so selfish america is selfish america is selfish that's a hint. That's, actually, a hint. that's actually a, a hint a hint yeah mm-hmm. but, but i think it, it really is and i think i mean again there's so much to talk about on this topic um and i think we've just kind of chipped a little bit on the iceberg of this uh this conversation of just even this quiet quitting or just setting boundaries and sort of saying enough is enough and I think millennials gen z and the generations coming after that are are you know have our work cut out for us to really push Um, change push for you know making these really necessary things I need to just go away like but we can't just dismantle these structures and systems without having a conversation of what comes after it Mm -hmm. uh simultaneously you got to dismantle and also plan yep and i think folks forget about that planning part yeah you need it's really it's really empowering to just dismantle say yes we're doing away with it but 
you the what, planning right and who's who's gonna come up with it and who's gonna you know put it into up, yeah you end up back in the same damn position a hundred years from now no 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 so any final thoughts martina on quiet quitting other than we need to change that name yes that's all i'm in with i think i hope the folks listening and watching knows how i feel about it at this point so nothing else for me uh, and I agree. I think it's it, it's more about changing the name to you know just you're setting boundaries and you're and you're really knowing your worth mm-hmm. at the end of the yeah. day, and and making sure you're not getting taken advantage of. Uh, I think that's that's my thoughts. And even even right now, I'm, I'm thinking about ways that maybe I'm gonna adopt some things. <laughs> Goodbye, <laughs> and what I, you know, and what I kind of from this conversation. Uh, but like I, like we both said, this is just you know the tip of the iceberg uh, on on this topic. And you know, I think in the future we're definitely going to continue having these conversations, and even in some future series, we're, we'll probably touch on mm-hmm. some of the things we talked about today. But you know, thank you all for for listening to this sort of you know, current event uh, episode and wanting to share a little bit of our thoughts uh, on something that Martina had talked about a little bit, but, you know, we'll be back with some more, some more topics uh, and more episodes and more chats. Uh, So make sure you're, if you're not following us, follow us on Instagram. We have a Facebook page. Uh, You can find the links in the show notes. uh, If you're listening to us on YouTube and our in the the description uh and you can find us on our social media platforms uh comment below if there's any how what you think about this quiet quitting and how does it kind of show up in in your workplace or in what you're kind of thinking or you know or dm us and send us some thoughts uh we'd love to hear from from you all but again thank you all and we'll talk to you and see you next time Bye bye